0: This is for a boy between 9 and 11. I'm in a place called Karakosh, just outside of Mosul. This is a a church that was completely destroyed uh, by ISIS. As we were coming through, one of our team uh, discovered one of the Operation Christmas Child shoeboxes. I don't know who gave it, who sent it, but uh, it touched the life of a child at one point. And of course we ask people when they pack a box to always pray. You'll never know where that box will go.
1: Where are the lost? Where are the hardest-to-get-to people groups? Where has the gospel of Jesus not been preached and proclaimed? In Acts 13, 47, For so the Lord has commanded us, saying, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth.
0: We live in a broken world, an evil world. Yet Jesus gave us orders. He said, go into the world and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a job to do.
1: When we talk about going to the ends of the earth, we're talking about shoebox gifts that are taking the gospel to the hardest to reach areas
0: of the world. If you want to bring hope to a broken society, it's the gospel. An Operation Christmas Child is not about passing out toys, it's about the gospel. Each kid, when they receive that box, they're going to hear the presentation of the gospel clearly. They make a decision for Christ, and then they're trained and equipped to go out and share their faith with others. And many times in areas where it's an unreached people group, the Bible tells us the time is now. We're in the South Pacific. I want to reach these islands for Christ. These are the core areas people don't have any hope, people don't come here, there's no tourists here, but we're gonna be here. I'm right outside of Maslan, Mexico, about six hour drive up in the mountains with Operation Christmas Child. This is where people that are brave are taking Operation Christmas Child to the ends of the
1: earth. We need boxes that are packed by families, by churches and groups, but we also need boxes that are packed online. When you build a shoebox online, these are the boxes that give us access into hard to reach places of the world.
0: We go at great lengths, great effort to take these boxes to children in the most remote parts of the world. It's an incredible journey. You know, the mission of Operation Christmas
1: Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus. Children are coming to faith. Children are being discipled. And children by taking the gospel to the ends of the earth.
2: Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Kristen. And we want to get you connected with Next Steps. What does that mean?
3: Well, Next Steps is where you can come in and you can discover your purpose for the kingdom and in the church, and we can get you plugged in.
2: Jake, how do we sign up?
3: Um, You can sign up at the Welcome Center. Or see any staff member, or go to the website, onlybelieve.church. Or see us. Or see us, yeah.
2: When is Next Steps?
3: Uh, Next Steps is the first Sunday of every month. Um, there is babysitting
1: and lunch afterwards every time. So,
2: Well, we hope you uh, join us at Next Steps, and we can't wait to see you and help you discover your purpose.
3: See you there. Discover your purpose.
2: I'm so glad to see to see all of you guys out there tonight, because <laughs> up here those lights are blinding. I can't hardly see anyone, but I am so glad that all of you are here. You know, uh, today, <laughs> it was a strange day because I thought it was warm out, and so I got dressed tonight, and I thought, well, I'll wear this short-sleeved blouse, and then I'll wear these sandals, <laughs> you know, because it's going to be nice and toasty out. I walked out, I could not believe it, but I didn't have time to change, so I thought, oh well, it is what it is. And one of the guys said, I wondered why you was wearing sandals. <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad you guys are here, really. And uh, Pastor he went hunting. I'll tell you about that. He went hunting and he hasn't caught a deer, killed a deer in probably two, three years. And he killed his first deer. Day before yesterday, and it was a doe, yep. So he got that, he's all excited, and the guys that went hunting with him, they haven't got anything yet. So he's like, you know, wearing the big broad shoulders and being real proud. But you know, God knocks that down real quick. (laughs) Okay, we also want to welcome the first time guests. If you are here for the first time, we're excited. We're excited that you're here. And if you will be so kind and look in the back of the pew in front of you, there's a little card and it will say first time guest. And if you will fill that out and then just drop it off at the welcome center when you leave uh, tonight, that will be great. We'd love that because we'll get to know you were here and we'll be able to pray for you. Okay? And everybody needs prayer, right? (laughs) Especially in this day and time. And then we want to say hi to all the live streamers out there. And you know what? I'm going to speak by faith. I'll see you Sunday. All right? Because <laughs> we miss you guys. Yes, we miss you guys. Now, <clears throat> every year, families try to gather together for, uh, with their f- uh, families and friends and all that for Thanksgiving. And listen, we know that there's some of you that... Cannot, maybe maybe you can't travel to see your family. Maybe you don't have the finances to see your family. Maybe your schedule's not working for you, you know, and they're scheduled to see them on Thanksgiving. We don't want you to be alone. We do not want you to be alone on Thanksgiving. So on Thanksgiving evening, Pastor Dosik, myself, Pastor Randy, and Pastor Nicole wants to have Thanksgiving dinner with you guys. So, if you'll come here to church from five to seven, I think that's right, Randy, right? Five to, huh? Yep, five to seven, Uh, then we're gonna all eat together and hopefully, Nikki will make homemade noodles. Is that what she's gonna do? Listen, you guys will love her homemade noodles. I mean, she got them from me, of course, so they're my homemade noodles. But she perfected them. She did. She made them even better than what I had them. And I had them good. (laughs) So hers are excellent. But anyway, uh, so we don't want you to be alone. So we want you to come and join with us on Thanksgiving evening from 5 to 7. If you don't have any family that you're getting together with. Okay. Now we need you to sign up though out at the Welcome Center so we know how many. That's going to need food or who we're going to let starve. Randy, you could lose a few pounds. <laughs> hey, listen, so could I. <laughs> so could I. Okay, now, if you, I, they just set it up on the screen. But if you've been attending here and you want to become a part of Only Believe, listen, I want to encourage you to sign up for the next steps. Okay, because you get to learn about your church. And you also get to find out what you're called to do. And you can volunteer. You can jump in and, and do what you want to do in the church. And make you, you know, it just encourage, just encourage you to do what God's called you to do. Okay? So, make a difference. So, please sign up at the Welcome Center. And we would appreciate that. Now, today, like I said, I studied all day. I didn't go outside And so when I got done studying, I just thought about how good God is. And I thought, God, you've been so good to us, each and every one of us. I mean, look, we have warm homes. We have good clothes to wear. We're never, I mean, we sleep, we eat, we work, we have jobs. Listen, God has taken, we're healthy. God has taken care of us. And, and I just went through the house praising him. I said, God, I thank you for what you've done in the past. I thank you for what you're doing now and what you're going to do in the future. So you know what, guys? Let's just praise the Lord tonight and thank him for what he has done. Okay? You ready to worship? All right.
4: gripped me then I heard you call my name
1: dead and
4: sin and fear gripped me then I heard you call my name you say come awake it's time rise, throw off chains, run to the light, into freedom,
5: you are freedom,
4: come awake,
5: it's time
4: to rise, throw off chains.
1: Oh, good evening, family of faith. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. I am here to talk to you about tithe and offering. And uh, give me a second here. Uh, if you need a tithe and offering envelope, there should be one in the pew, the back of the pew in front of you, or raise your hand and someone will run one to you. If you're online, welcome and you can go to the website, and there's a giving button there. There's a giving link, Um, and I think there might be a donate button on live stream. Um, I am here to talk to you about Tithe and Offering, and I want to tell you a story. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, everybody knows him. He is credited with saying that if the stars only came out once a year, that everyone would go outside and they would stay up all night to behold them and he said um, we've seen the stars so often that we take them for granted and um, he said that we don't bother to look at them and he concluded from that that we have grown accustomed to our blessings and uh, i want to tell you that before i was saved that was me i thought all the blessings were blessings and oh this is a blessing and a lot of it I thought was by my own hand and then I got saved and I realized how blind and stupid I was and um, I realized I started thinking back in the past week of everything that God has done for us not just since we've been saved but I can see God's hand in my life before we were ever saved and I can see my hard-headedness and hard-heartedness not listening to God But um, thank God he saved me and my wife and my family. Um, God, everybody knows God is the ultimate giver. Um, He's designed all of creation that it it blesses us. He gives gives us so many things. And if you think back tonight over your life, I think think what you're going to discover is his hand in in everything in your life. And it's amazing. Um, And he gives to us so that we may abound to every good work. So, uh, tithing and offering and giving and sowing and reaping is another of his blessings. And um, he, he, you know, the God of creation, he's in the book of Genesis, creating everything that's seen and unseen through his spirit. And uh, so, the God of creation has given us a way to worship him. To honor him and ironically he's given us a way for him to bless us through the tithe and through our giving and the the principle of sowing and reaping runs through our entire lives so if you want to reap first you have to sow so we should never take this for granted Uh, the tithe is holy to the Lord and it's a chance for us to demonstrate our belief our faith um, just our our honor to Him. It's a time for us to demonstrate to Him that we worship Him and He is the center of our lives. And He is the center of our lives. Ecclesiastes 1.7 says, all the streams flow into the sea. This is the uh, modern English version. All the streams flow into the sea and the sea yet is never filled. Uh, and to the place where the streams flow, there they continually return to flow. So um, the ocean is a great receiver, receiving from all the rivers and all the streams. But the ocean is also an incredible giver. Imagine if it didn't give us the rain, the waters, the earth. So I'm saying this tonight just so that, uh, so that we're all aware, and, and it's in the front of our minds that just as Pastor Phyllis had said that that he has blessed us in so many ways that we can't we can't count them. And sometimes we take them for granted. I encourage you tonight, don't do that. Think about everything he's done for you. Remember what he's done. And then honor God with a giving heart. Worship him as you come forward. Say a little something to him as you come forward. Speak to him. Um, and be part of what I'm gonna call the perpetual flow sort of like the rivers flow into the sea and the sea gives back with rain, we give and it is given back to us, pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. So uh, show God where your treasure is tonight. Show God where your treasure is Um, because we know we've been taught here without faith, it's impossible to please God. And finally, uh, pastors taught us this, that Christianity is using our faith to transform ourselves into the image of God, the greatest giver ever that ever will be. So let me pray for your tithe and offerings. Um, Lord, we come before you tonight, and Father, we're just grateful. We're people of grateful hearts, Father. We count all the blessings that you've given us, and we're just amazed by them, Father. We're just amazed by them. If it's just the simplest thing is having a neighbor move in next door that talks to you about the gospel. If it's the simplest thing of buying somebody's breakfast that needs it, just an encouraging word. Thank you for giving us the gathering of the saints here in this church and these pastors. Thank you that we can fellowship with one another and lift each other up. Thank you for the small groups, the home groups. Thank you for all the volunteers in this church. Thank you for all the things that we've taken for granted in our lives. We ask you tonight to forgive us for anything we've forgotten or taken for granted. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of your son, Jesus. Without it, we would be lost. With it, we're saved, we're blessed, and we have eternal life. We give you all the praise and glory, Father. And I ask you to bless everyone that comes forward and tithes, those online that tithe. Father, we ask you to bless them in the name of Jesus, amen.
3: out to the small groups those of you who are attending there praise the lord i know ray and annie are are moving to a small group or whatever but you know god gave them a blessing and that was nicole and i and then they moved away from the blessing jeez why in the world would you do such a thing (laughs) oh that's that's good praise the lord yeah the neighborhood (laughs) the neighborhood that's funny Oh, I love it. We came, we moved in. That's right. The neighborhood went to the dogs. That's great. Everybody doing all right tonight? That was kind of weak. Are we all right? All right. Amen. Okay. Good to see you all tonight. Hope everybody is, is happy. You liking the weather? Yeah. Oh, I know. Man, the older I get, I guess the thinner your skin gets. And you don't like this cold. I don't like the cold weather. I just, I'm getting old, aren't I? Amen. Sheesh. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Well, let's see, Pastor Dosek taught last Wednesday night. Who he was here last Wednesday night when he was here? All right, I was back there teaching the future. Uh, so I had to go online and listen to what he had to say. And he brought out a couple things that um, hit me and that I thought were really good. And so thus the title uh, is kind of from his little message, his nugget last Wednesday night. And my title tonight is Voicing Faith Through Praise. Voicing Faith Through praise. And he said two things that stuck out to me. He said last week that praise is a language of faith. Praise is a language of faith. And then he read a scripture verse, and he, well, he didn't read a scripture verse, he just said it. It was out of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 13, and that states that when you have done all to stand, we must stand. And he was down there, I think, Brother John, when he was talking right there in front of you about that. When we've done all to stand, stand, and I think a lot of us, I don't know if we really understand what that means. Um, that's kind of a a personal responsibility. That scripture verse there is. When we've done all to stand, stand. In other words, we've done all. We have put on the full armor of God, like the Bible says. We've put it all on. We've dressed ourselves up with spirit, uh, and we're ready for spiritual warfare. Alright, so we've done all that, and when we've done all that, and the attacks come and things happen, we have to continue to stand. Alright, and of course there's other translations out there. It says keep standing. Stand, keep standing. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, what what an action verb that is. God doesn't give us any other room, and he doesn't let us off the hook, no matter what comes our way. No matter... uh, how hard life gets, no matter <clears throat> the consequences of some of the actions and things that we do, uh, no matter sicknesses, no matter what, God doesn't give us an out. Okay, when you've done all to stand, it's, you can lay down every now and then. You can just take a seat. It's been it's been rough, right? He, does he does he say that? He he doesn't say that at all. And you know, human nature, you and I, especially me. You know, when something comes my way that's maybe difficult or hard to handle, I got the fight or flight thing going. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. And most of the time, it's the fight thing going. I don't really have have the flight thing going. I want to fight and not flight. But God didn't tell us to do that either. He gave us an action verb. No matter what's happening, stand. No matter what you're going through, continue to stand. Wow, And just, just stand here, just stand here, Lord, in our, with our armor on, and wave the sword back and forth maybe a little bit. No, we're going to get into some proactivity here while we're standing, okay? <laughs> All right, y'all getting that? Exodus, the 14th chapter, and I'm going to read starting in verse 10 and give you a little example here of what I'm talking about. It says, and when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, when I read these scripture verses in the Old Testament, New Testament, I have a very imaginative mind. I I I imagine everything growing up man I'm the guy that could sit in my room with 14 cars and I build a city in my mind I mean uh, that's that's me I don't know if that was you or not I can't I don't like to read I like to see I like to visualize and so I'm very creative and have a great imagination and so when I read these things I try to put myself in the children of Israel's shoes They have been under slavery for 400 years. They cried out to the Lord, please rescue us, please save us. And of course, then God brings Moses. And then now Moses is leading them out. And they see that, oh my gosh, there's the sea, and here comes our enemy. I can't imagine, I'm sure some of them peed their pants. Or their skirts, or whatever they wore back then. I guarantee it. They have nothing. They have their donkeys, and they have their clothes, and and they have their livestock. And here comes the army with swords, spears, and horses, and chariots. I don't know. I may have been shaking too. And so what do they do? (laughs) It says down here in the next verse, it says here, Then they said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt... Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Hmm. Why have you so dealt with us? Bring us out of Egypt. Remember, is this now the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, What? Leave us alone. Let us be, Moses. What are you doing that we may serve the Egyptians? For if we would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians, then. We should, then why we're here in the wilderness and what's getting ready to happen to us right now. So first they pray, please help me, Lord. And now they're cursing and coming against Moses. Why did you do this to us? What have you done? Were there no graves? We've been better off working double time and harder than we ever did than be in this position right now. They are very double-minded. And Moses got all angry, slapped a few of them around, and said, I'm done and he walked away. Right? <laughs> no, he didn't. Here's what he says in verse 13. And Moses said to the people, "Do not be afraid. What? Stand what? Stand still." And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never, ever see again forever. Wow. Don't run. Don't lay down. Don't complain and moan and groan and cut your leader out. Stand firm. Stand. Amazing, isn't it? And that's what we are supposed to do as Christians those people gave up they sat down they laid down but thank God Moses was very kind and he put them back in their place and said stay here and watch what's going to happen don't move don't fight or flight stand firm we all go through battles some are external some are internal some have to do with our mind. Battle of the mind is a, is a great message I started working on. I haven't got a chance to start um, ministering with it yet. Some of our problems are simple. Some are very difficult. Some have to do with us. Some have to do with our family. Outward people, inward people, sicknesses, illnesses, you name it. There's lots of problems out there that we go through. Lots of things that we go through as adults, as kids, um, some maybe are even inevitable. It's going to happen. You see it coming. Um, and uh, maybe the odds are against you. But here's the thing. The schemes and devices of the devil can knock us off our feet. We're human. Right? We make mistakes. We don't do everything the Bible says. We're sheep. You know? So we do get knocked down as we're standing at times. Things happen. But we don't stay there. We have to get back up and continue standing, no matter what. There's no other choice. And the Bible says that affliction is light, but for a moment. Now, Pastor Dosak used that on me two weeks before I was getting ready to marry his only kid, and I got fired from painting on the side as I worked at Sherwin-Williams full-time as the assistant manager in Sydney, Ohio. Two weeks, ready to get married. Man, I needed all the money I could get. And my father gave me some paint jobs, and so I just happened to do a couple paint jobs. I didn't know my new address at my house, so I said, yeah, i just send it to Sherwin-Williams. I'll get it there. Long story short, the manager gets my check. Four days later, he says, is this your check? I said, oh, thank you. And he says, well, I need your keys. You need what? I need your keys. You're, you're fired. It's conflict of interest. Uh, what do you mean, conflict of interest? I, this was for my house. You know this. You know what I'm doing. You know I'm, I'm getting married. It, what? what? Conflict of interest? Dude, I'm getting married in two weeks. We bought a house together. What am I supposed to do now? Woo! Wow, that's a problem. So, Nicole and I did what? The best thing we could do. We went to her father and we cried.
4: (laughs) What are we supposed to do? We just bought this house.
3: (laughs) And Pastor Dosek was sitting back in his big, luxurious leather chair in the office, and he said, kids... Affliction is light, but for a moment. And I'm like, yeah, it's easy for you to say in your big comfy chair. I'm the one that don't have a job. Not plus, I'm getting ready to marry your daughter. What do you say about that? Huh? I ain't got no job now. What are you going to do? Well, then why don't you do what you got fired for? What is that painting? Why don't you ask God? Well, see if he has something to say about it. You know, he was very wild back in them days. (laughs) But I didn't lay down. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we got a little scared. But we didn't lay down. I ended up working for a guy for a year, and I started my own painting business. And I had it for five, six years, and unfortunately I'm still painting today because unfortunately I'm really good at it. (laughs) So, you know, it worked out. It worked out, but sometimes when you're in that fog, you can't see what's on the outside. It just looks like, we're man, we're just so in it. And we can't see the forest from the trees. But we have to get back up and continue standing. Joshua 1.5 says that no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Now, you either believe that or you don't. Do you believe it? Do you believe it when you're in the middle of the storm? Or do you kind of back up a little bit? Well, I'm not so sure, I, I, man, oh, God, where are you? What's, what's happening, huh, what, what's going on? No, we have to continue to stand no matter what. On Christ, the solid rock, I will stand. I will stand. And in our standing, we're not to be passive, but we are to be proactive. We're supposed to do something. Part of the armor that we got, yes, most of it is defensive, but man, the best part, is an offensive weapon and we know what it is right it's this thing right here it's a double-edged sword and it's the word of God and that's how we are supposed to be proactive in our battles as believers as Christians not just stand there yeah we're supposed to stand but we're supposed to do something as well praise is one way we stand in faith and we just did it here today thus the title of my message voicing faith through praise amen we're going to praise god in the battle we voice voice our faith through praise using our offensive weapon the word man it cuts deep the devil can't stand under the weapon our weapons and the bible also says that remember guys we're not fighting flesh and blood anyway we're fighting spirits in high places, it's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual fight. And this word will do what it needs to do in every battle and every situation of our lives. If we work it, if we're ready, if we're done all to stand, and we continue to stand, we will win. Do you hear me? We will win. We have the promises. It's not Maybe. Oh, I hope so. We will win. Hallelujah. And let's look at that in Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Let me go there and just show you another great example of this. And a lot of you might know this story. It's always good to check it out again. In Second Chronicles, the 20th verse, I'm just going to read one, uh, verse 1 through 4. And it says, It happened after this that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat then some came and told Jehoshaphat saying a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea from Syria and they are in uh, yeah whatever Hazazon uh, Tamar, which is now whatever that word is and Jehoshaphat feared Uh, But yet, he set himself, it says, seeking the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. So listen, he was scared. It's okay to be scared. But what are you going to do in the fear? Are we going to continue to stand? Are we going to continue to stand on what this word says and believe what it says? And are we going to use praise why we're standing. Amen. Come on, that's using our faith. Jehovah, he was scared. There's three huge problems coming his way to slaughter him and all of Judea. Huge problems. And he didn't have the means to deal with it. He couldn't defend himself. He knew he was sunk. And again, how in the world would that feel? I, I think, man, I'm, I'm walking in a dark alley And then here's five guys coming from this way and five guys coming from this way. Oh my gosh. Do I just close my eyes and stand there? I hope they don't see me. I hope they don't see me. (laughs) What are you going to do? I can't imagine the fear that Jehoshaphat had within himself. He is the leader, leader of a great people. And yet, here they come. I, I just can't imagine what he was going through in his mind. But he didn't look for help from any friends. He didn't look for help from any other nation. He looked for help from above. He asked the Lord, it said. It said he sought the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. Everybody fasted. Everybody. It wasn't a choice. Everybody can fast in here except Philip Jr., Nobody, you're going on that fast too. Everybody fasted. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Everybody did. And if you don't know anything about fasting, fasting is giving up something in the physical to gain something spiritual. That's just the simplest, easiest way I can tell you that. Giving up something in the physical to get something in the spiritual. And remember, we're putting on all of our armor anyway. It's a spiritual battle. And we need a spiritual answer and some spiritual help from our battles, right? Because we don't battle against flesh and blood. So he put everybody on a fast. Ooh, that's crazy. And since our battles are one in the spirit and manifested in the flesh, fasting is a huge, huge thing that we need to do and have a part of our life. I know it's the most... I don't know the most one of the most things we hate doing giving something up in the physical but and let me say it this way I think that fasting is like putting gasoline on your prayer and on your praise if that if that helps you as well that's how important fasting is but it is a sacrifice I think the longest I've ever fasted is four days and man I thought it was the end of the world And Nicole and I we we fasted I forget for what I don't remember why we fasted now for four days but what we did was is on that third almost the fourth day we said man we want to eat our favorite food and it was a Thanksgiving turkey and so the the day before the night was over I think our fast ended at midnight man we threw a turkey in the oven And man, we made noodles and mashed potatoes and rolls and everything. And when that fast ended at midnight, man, we ate the best Thanksgiving dinner we ever had. Oh my gosh. And you know, I'm sure that what we fasted for came to pass. I'm sure we got our answer. But fasting is not easy. And you don't necessarily have to fast food. But what is something that you really love that you could give up that would be hard to give up? It's a sacrifice. So what can you sacrifice that you you just can't do without? I think these days it would be your cell phone. I think that would be an amazing... I heard somebody just pass out over there say, how dare you, Pastor Randy, say that? You know, I think a cell phone would be something that, my gosh, God, I'm going to give this thing up for three days. Oh, whoa, don't say that. Quit cussing in church, Pastor Randy. But it has to be a sacrifice. All right? I mean, how bad do you want the answer? Hmm? Yeah, how bad do you want it? Well, Jehoshaphat needed an answer, and he needed one fast. But Jehoshaphat did it the right way. Because I want you to see, back in Second Chronicles, the 19th chapter, which is just the chapter before, and then you go down in verse 4, it said, So Jehoshaphat dealt at Jerusalem, and he went out again among the people from Beersheba to the mountains of Aram, and brought them back to the Lord God of their fathers." So the first thing that Jehoshaphat did when he became king is he got rid of everything that did not have to do with God. He brought all the people back to God, the only one true living God. He got rid of everything else. In other words, they repented from all these false gods and all these things that they were doing. He brought them back in line with God. So now they're living right, okay? They're living right. They're doing what God says to do. He appointed judges, the Bible said. Good judges, all right? Not evil judges, but good judges. And then he would also instruct those judges. Now listen, don't you dare take bribes. Don't do this, don't do that, and don't do that. If you want the Lord to continue to have favor on us, don't you dare do those things. He talked to those judges and told the judges all those things too. Man, he was a good man. He was a great king, one of the few. That was over the children of Israel. So he's doing everything right. They're living right. God is pleased with them. And yet, how dare the enemy come on in? We're doing everything we're supposed to do. And yet, enemy still came. How many of you guys do everything that you're supposed to do? And yet, the problem still comes. How dare you foul devil you? Because problems come. Things happen, whether we're living right or we're not living right. But God says he will not leave us nor forsake us. He is there with us through it all. But we have to do our part as well. And that's what we're talking about here tonight. So Jehoshaphat told the whole land they had to fast. So they're walking uprightly. Still the problems came. Put everybody on a fast because he needed that spiritual breakthrough. All right, He physically couldn't handle the problem and he sought the Lord. Now, this is the point where I thought this was really good too, because you have problems, you have situations, and you seek the Lord. But my question is, are you right? Are you right with the Lord? See, God's not going to talk to you if you're just living in a bunch of sin and doing whatever you want to and not trying to live right and repenting for those things and trying to do a 360 and and, and not do those things and, and not talking to God. You think God's gonna to talk to somebody that don't want to talk to him and it's not living right and doing what's right? You think he's stupid? Now he created you, he knows you. Now you, you don't even want to talk to somebody who's doing wrong. And this is God. See, Jehoshaphat did everything right. If you want to talk to God and get an answer from Him, you better repent and try to live a sin-free life. It's not going to happen all the time, but when we do mess up, let's get back to Him and say, "God, help me. Thank you for helping me in this situation. I don't want to lose my temper. I don't want to do this. Da 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 da. Whatever it is. All right. If we want an answer from God, we have to live right." Light and darkness have no fellowship with each other. And even in John 9, 31, it says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to godly people who do his will. That's who's going to hear from him. That's who's going to hear from him. So you may not have an answer because I just ain't living the way I'm supposed to be living. Man, don't get all mad at God and surprised that you're not getting an answer. Do something about it. Get right first. And then let's see what happens. I think it'll change. Amen? So, if you read on, God spoke through one of the men and said, don't be afraid. The battle is mine. That's what God told them. On their fast, doing what's right, they're seeking the Lord, the whole place is on a fast, and God speaks and prophesies through one of the men in the camp. said, so, listen, don't be afraid. I got this. This is my battle. Now, do you think that God would have done that if they were worshiping other idols? Didn't do it any other time. He would always let the enemy overtake them and defeat them every time. But since he was doing what's right, God heard and God messed those people up as we're going to get ready to read right here. It says here, and let me read that down. Uh, 2 Corinthians 20, the 18th verse. It says, and Jehoshaphat bowed his head. Now, this is after the prophecy came through the man in the camp. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. I got this for you. All of a sudden, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all of Judea or Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites and the children of the Canamanites and all the children of the Koahites stood up to to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Everybody, after they got the word, because of their fasting, because living right, they started to praise the Lord and worship the Lord with loud voices. Woo, come on now. That is using faith. Had the battle been won yet? Had they seen God do anything yet? No, no. Praising the Lord before the battle is over or won, that's using your faith. That's the title of the message, right? That's voicing faith through praise. Amen? Are you getting this? As a matter of fact, it says here, let's see, Jehoshaphat, he appointed a choir, the Bible says. He appointed a choir to go out before them. So, bring this back. They're doing everything right. They're living for the Lord. A problem still arises. He didn't look within himself. He didn't call his neighbors. He didn't try to fight or flight it. He called upon the Lord. When he called upon the Lord, he put everybody in his house on a fast. The whole country, everybody, everybody's fasting. We're all seeking the Lord together, it said. As a result of doing that, God comes down, prophesies, don't worry about this, I got this, I got you. It's going to be okay. Because of that answer, they begin to shout and praise the Lord all the more, and nothing had even been done yet. And you know what, I think I even found some of Judah's animals. They were also praising the Lord, just praising the Lord, just like all of Judea, just thanking him for the answer that he got. Hallelujah, everybody was praising and shouting and thanking, and yet the battle hadn't even been won yet. Hadn't even been won yet, wow. That's faith, guys, right? That's absolute faith. They were praising God in advance. They were thanking God in advance. And in verse 21, Jehoshaphat, on his own, without God telling him to, brought the choir out, consulted with the men, consulted with his team, and on his own, without God telling him to, I'm putting a choir I'm putting voices, I'm putting music in front of the warriors. And you're gonna go out first. And all we're gonna do is praise and thank God. And the Bible says that they sang praises to the Lord, saying, His mercy endureth forever. Woo! Hallelujah! I'm sure it was still confusing. I'm sure the choir and the band that was out in front were like, You gotta be kidding me. <laughs>
4: Hallelujah.
3: You know, I mean the enemy's right there and Here's the choir first It didn't make any sense But I'll tell you what, a lot of things don't make sense You know, it just don't, we just do what he said And everything will be okay (laughs) They were voicing their faith through praise In 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 22 it says, now when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. And when they had come against Judah, and they were all defeated. They were all defeated. They didn't pick up one sword. All they did was praise and thank God in faith. Knowing that what God said he would do, he would do. And they believed it. And so many of us, do we believe it? Sometimes, sometimes we don't. But we need to because his word never fails. Never, ever fails. And then, if you look down in verse 24, it says, So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped not one person escaped death three separate humongous armies died and they never even raised a sword what they did raise was their hands in praise and thanksgiving wow that tells us man we don't have to do very much stand and when you continue to stand stay standing use that word use these hands Use your mouth. The sword is a weapon. God, no weapon formed against me will prosper. You said you'd never leave me nor forsake you. You take this sword and you use it. I don't care if you feel like it or not. It's by faith anyway. Yes? Knowing that your problem will be solved. The Bible says that it took three days to carry all the spoils from that enemy three days, dude they got gold silver man they got flat-screen TVs, stereo equipment hot tubs man they got it all everything probably a couple vehicles maybe some Corvettes Maseratis I don't know but they got it all and it took three days to gather all the spoils now listen those there's millions of people millions of of, uh, of Israelites and it took three days to carry all the spoils back home with them Wow That's phenomenal. Woo, that's God, isn't it? That's God, hallelujah. I would have loved to have some of those flat screen TVs. (laughs) And the Bible says then, that's three days. It took them to get all the spoils, but on the fourth day, they laid around, they ate and drank, they were happy and merry, danced around fires. No, the Bible says, That on that fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Baraka until this day. So they quickly, quickly gave God thanks. Quickly said thank you and blessed the Lord for what he did for them. Didn't wait around. When I get to it, well, thank you, man. We got all the spoils now. Woo, hallelujah. Now, they put honor where honor was due, immediately and quickly. Amen? Praising the Lord before the miracle, before the battle is over, is using your faith. Praising God after your miracle is gratitude. Okay? You see the difference. Remember when Jesus healed the ten lepers? One came back to thank him, give him gratitude. And Jesus said, where's the mother nine? Wasn't there there ten of you? Where's the other nine? How come they didn't come back and give me gratitude? Apparently they just didn't have time yet. Their battle was won. They had other things to do. Maybe they were eating. Maybe they were talking to their family. Maybe they were loving on their wives. I don't know what they were doing. But they didn't come back immediately and give Jesus. And you know what? Jesus must have been a little perturbed about it because he brought it up for you and I to hear. Where's the other nine? Huh. Okay. Whatever. Bro, you'll never be he- you'll never be sick again. See ya. You understand that? <laughs> that's giving praise and thanks after the fact, after the healing, after your miracle, after your prayers have been answered, after the fight is over. That's gratitude. When you're standing in the fight, when you're praising, when you're thanking him, that's faith. That's using your faith. You get that? You understand that? All right, I hope you're doing more listening, (laughs) because you sure ain't helping to preach out here tonight. Hallelujah. Voicing faith through praise breaks chains and also opens doors. And I think you know where I'm going on this one. So you can go to Acts, the 16th chapter, and it's verse 25. And uh, I don't think I need to read that. You guys pretty much know Paul and Silas, what happened to them. You know, they were all beat up for the gospel. And they were thrown in jail. Now, I've never been to jail other than to visit somebody. So I I don't know what it's like on that end. You know, it's what? (laughs) It's not good, Joel? Okay, all right. What? Yeah, H-E-L-L, okay, very good. All right. So I've never been in jail, but and obviously I've never been beat up, you know, for the gospel's sake, doing what's right, not doing what's wrong, but just sharing the gospel and then getting rocks and everything beat up and then thrown in jail i'm sure they're in a lot of pain i guarantee you the jailer didn't like heal their mess take care of their wounds or anything like that you get thrown in jail and it wasn't a jail like today y'all there was no carpet there there was no television in college no 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 i've seen the jails over in israel it's they're they're not they're not they're not fun not at all there's no lights there's nothing all right nothing so, it kind of looks like some of the African bathrooms I've been in. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> Ain't that right, Eric? <laughs> He'd say, yes, amen. Bring your old toilet paper. Alright. So, they're thrown in jail. I guarantee you, they didn't feel like praising God. Who would feel like praising God after getting beat up for doing nothing wrong? And had to tend to their wounds. And not only are they in jail, but they're chained up in jail, too. So, I I just can't imagine again the love for Jesus that they had within their hearts. Some of us would have just cursed God and said, man, I don't need this. Shoot, if this is the gospel, man, I was doing better out in the world than I am in here serving Jesus. Sheesh, never got this kind of torment uh, in the world serving the devil. But man, I sure am getting it here serving God. This ain't worth it. They didn't say that at all. They didn't do that at all. And the Bible says, that around midnight, Paul and Silas had a praise party. And the jail started to shake and their chains fell off. Now we both know, guys, this is a revelation for those of you who don't know it, so listen up. We know right now where Elvis got his song, Jailhouse Rock. He got it from Acts, the 16th chapter. Right there it is. Now you know. Woo! Now it set you free right there, didn't it? Yeah! hallelujah now I don't know what cell block they were in it doesn't tell us here but it doesn't matter anyway praise the Lord (laughs) so you might be imprisoned with fear addictions whatever your battle is you have to continue to stand stand in faith and praise in faith that's what we have to do declare who God is And what he has done for you in whatever battle that you are facing. You can do this. You've got this. And my question is tonight, as we close here, is have you ever praised God in this way and stood in faith in this way? Have you ever just stood and just started praising him in the middle of a battle, in the middle of your fight, whatever it is? Have you done that? I want to practice that tonight so what I did was is I found a song that I thought was fairly fairly good there's so many songs out there that you can praise God to, but I got a song and I want you guys to all stand up here in a second and I want you to think about the battles that you're going through the things that the devil's trying to attack you with whether it be physical financial mental whatever it is and we're gonna sing and we're gonna play the song on video because the band most of them are in small groups and i want you to just praise and thank god in faith that you have received your answer i don't care what it is i don't care if your if your physical body says this is stupid i don't care you tell your physical flesh to shut up and sit down all right that's what you got to tell them Shut up and sit down. This is what we're doing. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. It didn't make sense to Jehoshaphat, but he did it. And look what happened. They won a huge, huge battle. And God does the same for you and I. So everybody stand up, if you will. Listen, as we do this song, you don't have to stay right there. However you pray, pray. However you pray. If you pray standing, if you pray running, I don't care what you, you pray sit, you pray laying down, do whatever you need to during this song. And I'm going to give you this scripture verse right before we do it. Psalms 28.7 says, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise him. We're doing this by faith. We're voicing faith through praise, using the sword, using the word, proclaiming what we don't have yet. But we know the battle is not ours, it's his. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He promised us that he will go through this with us, and we will have the victory. You understand? We've got the victory. We got the victory. When Jehoshaphat, remember when they got that revelation, when they got that prophecy to them, when they was told, hey, don't worry, I got this, they started shouting with praise and haven't seen one thing happen yet. We can do the same thing, and God will give us the same answer. Amen? All right, hallelujah. Let's play that video. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's give God some praise in the house hallelujah right now come on come on turn that up let's go thank you jesus come on hallelujah hallelujah just praise him however you want to praise him come on come on come on hallelujah come on thank you jesus. oh god i thank you i praise you father hallelujah. turn that up a little bit more come on god i thank you jesus I give you praise father hallelujah Oh God, I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. Oh God, I thank you. That mouth has been removed. Lord God, I thank you, Father. Your life is healed in the name of Jesus. God. God, I give you praise.
4: There's nothing to fear. i oh. stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God.
3: God, I thank you that we're healed, we're set free, and we're delivered in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we thank you, Father, with a shout, God, in a loud voice. Oh, God, I thank you, Father, you're our helper. Oh, God, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Father, for faith, Lord God, being released here tonight in your name. God, I thank you, Father. People have been, are set free, God. God, I thank you for sicknesses, Lord God, disappearing, God, on their physical body right now in the name of Jesus, Father. I thank you for mental stability, Lord God, coming back, Father, to their minds in Jesus' name. We rebuke you, Satan. You have to leave. In that powerful name of Jesus, God, we thank you for what you've done, God, Father, and what you're doing, Lord God, in this house, in these people, through that television. God, I thank you for it, Lord God. We give you praise for it, Father, for testimonies that's coming out of these situations. In your name, God, we thank you for it. We praise you for it. And everybody said, amen, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. This is what we do. This is how we fight. By faith. Man, I tell you what, when I turn a song like that on, I can't even hear myself. It's so loud. Man, the bass is bumping. Sometimes I'm on the ground. Sometimes I'm crying. It doesn't matter. That's just how I do it because I'm obnoxious. And you know, and I'm just going to be as powerful as I can be and be as loud as I can be so the devil and my flesh can hear it. Amen? I mean, come on. Don't, don't you feel free already? Huh? Don't you feel the victory already? Amen. That's what it's about, guys. Voicing faith through praise. That's a, that's a weapon. It's a weapon. Use that. Use that in your life, in your kid's life. Use it, because it works. Praise the Lord. Amen, amen. Guys, I love you all. Good night. We'll see you Sunday morning. Come on, hallelujah. I want to hear some testimonies of this as well. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.